What's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop. Fat Man Scoop, Crooklyn Clan, and you are now tuned in to the number one trucking podcast in the world, period. Exclamation point and comma. Trucking hustle. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Trucking Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I purchased the first eight and rented the other four. Okay. And then I realized renting them, it just the the, the price margin wasn't wasn't really um, advantageous for me to keep renting. Okay. Uh, right. So it was kind of like spending my wheels with the last four. Um. So they just really want to invest. So they'll ask, Hey, what type of trailer should I purchase? I'm always going to say Reaper, um, for that exact reason. So. Uh, most people are tapping into the reefer that we deal with. There's so many streams of income in trucking. We don't just tap into dispatching. We rent trailers. We buy trailers, rent trailers. Uh, we advertise on our trailers. Um, we don't do. We don't get paid for consultations because of those other other gifts that we've, we've been able to receive. And again, like I said before, when you give people these free consultations and you see them get their first truck and their second truck, that's payment enough. Turn my mic up. Take there, yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes the toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. A lot of people don't know, but I spent some time in Buffalo, about three to four years. I love Rough Buff, man. How, how, How was it coming up in Buffalo, bro? Rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely rough. They don't call it rough buff enough. Yeah, it was definitely rough. Tell me about man. it. It's a jungle. Um, but you know, it's, it's a good city. It's a good city, good people. Um, and like I say all the time, you can make it if you can make it in Buffalo, you can make it anywhere. That's a fact. Yeah. That's yeah. a fact. When, when when did you leave Buffalo? Uh man, ninety eight. I went to school, uh left Buffalo, went to school in Washington, DC in ninety eight. Okay. And uh and then from there I, you know, stayed in DC for a couple years and then uh, moved out here to Atlanta. Okay, so you went to school ninety eight. Was this high school, college? College. I went to okay. Howard. Yeah, you went, went to Howard. Howard. Yep, yep. Went to okay, Howard. Okay, no. Tell me yep. about your experience at Howard, man. Beautiful. I wish I could. Go Howard. Back. I wish dope. I could go relive Howard, man. T- One of the t- best t- days t- of my what, life. What did you study? Um, administration of justice and psychology, actually. Okay. Right? Tell me about that, man. How 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 was that experience? The college experience. How how it was great. Right? You know, it, it, it taught me a lot of lessons. Actually, you know, that, that's I always say. Um, you know, I was Howard Howard made. You know, I was raised in Buffalo, but Howard definitely, you know, it, it made me. It made me, you know, just think about the world differently. You know, mm. College wasn't just pick up a book and go to school. You know, it just taught you how to grow up as a man. You yeah, know, stand on your own too. You know, didn't have a, a family right there in D.C. So everything I did, I had to you know do it and learn it on my own. Young. Got so, you. So yeah, Howard was a blessing. How how'd you get that exposure to Howard, man? Because I know you know, especially coming up in Buffalo, man, it's it's kind of closed off right, right. to the world. So right. what 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 brought you to Howard University? Um, well, I went to City Honors. Okay, a really really good school. Um, you know, it prepared you for college, and so, um, you know, your AP, your IB classes. Um, so it's it's a college preparatory school. So I was already groomed to go to college, and then you know, I had older brothers who. Told me I had no other option but to go to college. So you know, so uh, so that that that's how I got to Howard, and then from there it just kind of flourished. Okay, uh, so you, you said you studied what in Howard again? Um, psychology and administration of justice. Okay, got you. You graduated in four years. Yep, definitely. All I right. did a lot of partying, but I got out in four. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, I made it. I made it, Mama. We made it. <laughs> no doubt. So so after you graduate college, what happens then? Oh uh, man, I um I did some work in Washington D.C. Um, we did like federal clearances, like at the Secret Service, ATF, um, all that good stuff. What, what's what's the job? What are you what are you doing? Um, I was doing security clearances. Like, okay. Um, we were. I worked for. Um, anytime you had a government security clearance, you know, any classified clearance you need to work in the White House, they would send us out there, suit and tie, go mm-hmm. interview people, interview the neighbors, okay, and get them clear for a security clearance. Okay, got right. you. And 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 how long did you do that? Oh man, uh, about four years. Um, All right. Four years and moved out here and started diving into um, businesses. Okay. Yep. Started you. tapping so, into that land. So, so what made you move from D.C. to out here? You're talking Atlanta? Cheap houses. <laughs> you know, the house in D.C. I mean, for what you paid out here, I, I bought me a house. I was young, 24, leaving, leaving D.C. It was like a mansion compared to what I could have bought in D.C. So um, as you are, you know, well-versed in the, in the housing industry, 
Um, that's really why I came out here. I wanted okay. to get a nice, big, pretty house with the balcony inside yeah. for pennies. Gotcha. And, you heard everybody talking about oh, it? Oh, man. I, like, you yo, know man, what? come to ATL, man. You know what's <laughs> funny? I had never been to Atlanta, and I had bought me a house here. Okay. I, it was just, I was that eager to get here. I had never been. I <laughs> you, thought Atlanta was going to be like dirt Hold on, you bought the house before you even got yeah, here? Yeah, I bought the house living in Maryland. I was in Silver Spring, Maryland online. I said, this. I seen the house in the inside with the balcony and the stairs. I said, oh, my mama going to love this. Right. She goes, they be like, my son made it. <laughs> the so, American dream. Man, I bought that house online. I was, you know, then I came to Atlanta. I thought it was going to be like dirt roads and just old cars. And then I seen all the Bentleys and Maybachs and was like, oh, they got money out here. Right, and right. Land the opportunity. A, yep, yep. You have a lot of uh, people that look like us doing very well out here, yeah, um, especially yeah. back 15 years ago. So um, so that that's that's why I ended up here. Okay. So you moved to Atlanta. What happens next? Uh, I just started tapping into different businesses. Um, I opened up a medical firm. Like I said earlier, I had one in this building and then right across the street. Um, and then um, from there, I started to realize, you know, if you can open one business and be halfway successful, the concept is the same. You know, it's just a different a different element. But getting up early, getting, you know, putting putting all your, your, your pride and ownership, treating your workers the right way, you know, treating them like family, not like not like they just getting a check. And then from there, all the businesses just start doing the same thing. It just trickled. Got you. Yeah. Now, now, when you say a medical firm, what is that? Just for clarity. We did. Um, we did like accounts receivables for some of the hospitals out here in Georgia. OK. That grew to like Illinois. Um, and then um, we, we did like a collections firm, um, of course. But um, and then it opened up a hair salon like we were just tapping into everything. OK. What, what made you get into that, into the medical firm? Uh, um, The money. Okay. The money. Just, it's always I mean, real simple for it's, you. It's simple. It's simple. <laughs> if the if the if the money makes sense and yeah. the time that I invest in it makes sense, it coincides with the money. Um money then buys you free time to be able to live the way you want to live, it just makes sense. But how'd you know that there was money in, in, in the medical firm? Like how how'd you like put that two and two together? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody needs accounts receivables. And if I can receive a certain commission or a percentage off of what we provide. It just made sense. Okay. It okay. just made sense. Okay, dope, yeah. dope, dope. Got you. All right, so so continue the story. You open up the medical firm. You start looking at different businesses. What happens? Start then? opening different businesses. I started to get a little good with opening businesses. <laughs> okay. You know, um, really, it's just the ground. You yeah. know, if you're willing to get up and put that work in, any business you open is going to be successful. Build mm. you a good team around you, uh, you know, create a, a nice, solid nucleus, and just grow from there. Um that was my gift because, you know, as, as when you're younger, you're trying to think, man, what is my talent? First thing we think of is sports. You know, I wasn't right. really that good athletically. So right. I said, man, I got to I got to be good in something. Businesses, you mm. know, just just being able to think critically, think outside the box. Um, and again, just invest into your, your company, your employees, you know, make them feel like family because that's really what it is. They're the workhorse in, in any business, especially trucking. So um, then we just tapped into trucking. Okay. Right? So 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 how do we get into the trucking space from medical? We go from medical firm to trucking. Big so, big big jump. Big jump, right? So this was a transition. I already had like uh, at this point like 15 people working in my medical firm. But I knew that I needed to maximize their time. So when I started doing trucking, I said, "Well, I can use some of the hours doing the medical and then some of the hours maintaining the dispatching side of it. So then we jumped into dispatching. So I would say, okay, well, for four hours, I need y'all to dispatch. Move these trucks real quick. Okay. So once they move the trucks, they were just sitting idle. Not on my clock. So now we're going to start doing it, <laughs> get back to the medical side of things. And right. so it just it just balanced out. And so we're able to run basically, essentially, two businesses with one staff. Okay. Right? So um, so that's how we started trucking. We started doing dispatching. Okay. Again, getting a commission. Off whatever we off whatever we we dispatch. So to me, that always works. I love commission based businesses. Okay. So we started doing dispatching, and then realized that dispatching was like the nucleus of trucking. You know, mm. once you can learn dispatching, you you really learn the heart and soul of everything. Dispatchers have to make sure the trucks are maintenance, make sure that they have the proper insurance information for the trucks, hiring some of the drivers, training the drivers, um, being in contact with the brokers, the customers. So dispatching is really. Um, the owner operators. It's the nucleus of trucking. So once I understood that, I put my emphasis on dispatching, right? So Got that's you. how we grew trucking. Got you. So you, you, what'd you start with though? How, how'd you get into you? You started with box trucks, right? Yep, box trucks. Okay. Yep. What made you start with box trucks? Because it was the cheapest way to get into trucking, right? Okay. And you didn't need a, a driver to have any type of class A or B CDL, you know, unless it was over twenty six feet of space for the truck, um, or over twenty six thousand pounds. So I said, okay, well. 
it's easy to get in, in, into into box trucks, right? It was easy. Plus, I could drive it myself if need be, right? Right. Then I realized I wasn't a driver. I couldn't drive. I tried to <laughs> I tried to take a load that took like two days. It took me a week and a half to finish it, man. I couldn't do it. Right. So I, you know, I understood that you know um, that the that the driver was really the heart and soul of trucking. So mm. I started to focus on that, um, and then it got to the point where. I understood that um, financially just made sense to tap into semis. Okay. You know, the load that the box trucks were paying, you know, $1,000 load was like, you know, you're excited to get a $1,000 load with box trucks. And semis, you can throw a rock and get a $1,000 load, right? So, right. So then I said, well, let me just start it. Let me, let, me, let me shift my gears into semis, spend less time working, making more money. Again, it's always about the money, right? No so, doubt, no doubt, no so, doubt. Um, so that's how we actually got into semis as opposed to box trucks now when you started with the box trucks did you know anybody who was doing it or were you just no, kind of okay i did not okay i did not i um i got on google okay i got on google i started just reading up on certain things um learning the learning the rules of the road um and uh i kind of taught myself how know? many trucks did you start out with started with one just one truck one one box truck okay um, and then i got you bought tour. it you purchased this purchased box the box truck okay yep. and what were you doing with it um the first probably month and a half is set I jumped out there. I didn't really know exactly how to maintain the box truck. I just knew I wanted to get in the truck. Okay. And with me, if I jump into something, then I'm gonna see to it. To, you know, I'm gonna see, see it through. It through the, yeah, through the end. So, um, jumped in a box truck, let it sit for a little bit while I did my homework, and then I realized once I could successfully run one, I can get a second one, mm. and then the third one. I let the first one pay for the second one. Second one paid for the third one. Then yeah. I got good at it. I said, you know, if I can do three, I can do 20. Right. Right? Right. And so that's how we grew. I got to 12, and then I realized how much of a headache it was. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, uh, then I said, okay, let me, uh, let me take a seat. Let me sit back for a minute and figure out what else I can do in trucking, right, besides dispatching and box trucks. Then I jumped out there with the semis. What'd you do? All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now let's get back to the show. With the box trucks, what type of what type of freight, what type of loads did you do? Uh, box trucks, it was all dry, so we were just hauling whatever we could. Okay. Um, we were doing like a lot of light loads, a lot of LTLs, getting on um, you know, load boards, the DAT load boards, mm -hmm. um, taking whatever they had out there. Okay. Just making sure that you know that the drivers that we we gave them like a white glove service so that they would want to come back and use our trucks. Okay. Um, so that's that's how we that's what we were pretty much moving general freight, anything we can get our hands on. Um, and then you, you found all your customers in the load board? Low boards. Okay. That's how I started. Low okay. boards. And then I then I you know I understood that once you can establish a relationship with some of these brokers, you want to just kind of isolate and stick to that. So at first with box trucks, we were going everywhere, California. I mean, we were taking our trucks wherever the loads went. Then I realized it made more sense to just focus on a few states and just keep those same brokers in our back pocket. Okay. Get paid more per load. Loads are a little bit more available. And so that's what we started to focus on. Instead of going all the way to California, we said we're going to just keep it on the southeast region. Got you. Got you. How, how, so you said you, you got to 12 box trucks, mm -hmm. right? Yep. How, how long did it take you to grow to that size? About a year. Okay. Yeah, about a year. How did you, you scale so fast? What, what was like your formula to growing 12 in a year? Um, and did you purchase all those box trucks? Did you rent? I, I purchased the first eight and oh. rented the other four. Okay, and then I realized renting them it just the, the the price margin wasn't wasn't really um, advantageous for me to keep renting them. Okay, uh, right. So it was kind of like spending my wheels with the last four. So then I started to scale back. Okay, um, but but it, it was simple: get a box truck, get a good decent driver, and just duplicate what you did to own the first truck. Just keep it running. Just keep it running. Just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. How, how'd you find drivers? Um, Indeed. Indeed. I was on Indeed a lot. Well, when I first started, no, no. Let me take. When I first started with box trucks, I was on Craigslist. Okay. Right. Okay. So, good old so, Craigslist. Good old Craigslist, right? <laughs> yeah. Free advertisement. Yep. You get what you pay for it. So um, so with that came a different type of driver. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, and you already got to understand with box trucks, you don't need a CDL. So a lot of drivers weren't really committed to trucking, right? So here goes the high turnover rate. Right. So once I started to, um, and we're paying by the mile, which, you know, at that point, didn't really understand the concept of mile commission. So with that being said, that's when I switched over to say I'm just gonna pay everybody on an hourly. 
Okay, you're paying you guys hourly. Right, for the right, okay. right. Hourly how, salary. How did that work out for you? Start working out better. Because you got to think, when you got a driver that's getting paid by the mile, you know, his or her mind, they're constantly thinking how many miles is low. I need to, and then even at the shivers and receivers, how fast can I get loaded? Take that stress away from the driver and just pay him a flat rate. Okay. Right, which would be which would be indicative to about 62 to 65 cents a mile. Okay. All right, um, which, again, it, it, it creates a positive energy around your trucking because now they're not so concerned about if the load's supposed to get picked at five and now it's not getting picked up till eight or nine because of the shipper or receiver. Um, so you, you, you kind of alleviate that stress from the driver, get to keep your driver longer. Gotcha. Right? So everything in trucking is just, you know, like I always tell my, my dispatchers, the devil's in the details, right? You have to be committed to finding out what the details is so that you can make the trucking experience better for everybody, mm. right? So that's why I'm up at five in the morning. <laughs> you know, every morning, if I'm on the treadmill taking a walk, I'm always thinking of what can I do better than what I did the last time. Yeah. So. What what, what were some of the challenges for you starting that first company, man? What was the, if you, in hindsight, looking back, what, what would you have done differently? I would have, you know what? I would have taken my time instead of just jumping out there and buying the truck, right? And I get a lot of people now that want to invest. They're like, man, I want to invest. I got 50,000 here, take it, get me a truck. So now I tell them, don't don't make the same mistake I made. Sit back for a minute, learn it first. Hit me up, DM me, text me, call me, ask a million and one questions first. Learn the business before you go spend that money. Because again, when I bought that first truck, it set for a little bit. Mm. You know, and even even within the first four or five months, even when it was rolling, I wasn't getting maximized dollars on my loads. Right. So trucking is out of all the businesses I had, trucking is the most complex business because it's so it's it's, it's not predictable. You know, you, you, you can't say I'm going to make the exact same money every single week. There's so many variables in it. So um, and that that just comes with being in the business for a while, learning it, you know, understanding it before you just jump out there. So I definitely would have took my time with that first truck. That was it sitting because you were looking for work or looking for a driver? Um, Both drivers understanding the work. Um, I was just taking what I could get. You know, I wasn't really focused on the rate per mile. Didn't know what, you know, didn't know the difference between the load going into Florida or out of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, the rates change, obviously. Um, you know, just just kind of getting some brokers in my back pocket even before I got started. Knowing yeah. which loads we can take or not take. You know, it's just a lot with trucking. Um, when you first get your, your, your MC and DOT activated, a lot of companies won't take you. They won't deal with you. Right. So you had to get that list of brokers and companies that would deal with a new MC and DOT. Just things that you learned throughout the course. You've been in trucking for some years. Yeah. So just things that you've learned over the over the last, you know, five, six years as opposed to when you first started. Those again, those those details. Yeah. You know. T- tell me about a story when, you know, uh not paying attention to the details uh impacted you early in business. Contracts. Talk about it. My contract. So my contract now, as opposed to when I started, first contract I had it was like Two paragraphs, right? It wasn't really, it didn't have too many details in it, right? It was you like two on, paragraphs. Wrote it on the sticky note, like, hey, just sign this, man, get in the truck and let's get some money. Right. Now you're saying contracts between you and the customers or you and your drivers? What kind Everybody. Of- okay. The dispatchers, the drivers, um, definitely um, paying attention to the rate cons with the brokers, you know, understanding um, what fees can be taken out and why. Um, so, yeah, definitely contracts. That's something that changed. Now my contract is like 16 pages long. Mm. Yeah, you signing everything. What what happened to you to make that change? <laughs> we, we, what didn't we, happen? We, we get, what we didn't happen? Story, Man, I had a truck abandoned in Ohio. Didn't put no tracker on the truck. You know, just little stuff like that. That's a big deal, right? Um, following my loads closely. Tracking the driver, tracking the trailer, tracking the truck. Um, oh, man, what didn't happen? Um Getting loads that was paying a dollar a mile when I when it should have been paying two two fifty a mile. Not understanding the difference between what what the rate should pay going into Texas as opposed to out of Texas. Um, oh man, everything you could think of. I mean, everything. I didn't even know what the dev system was when I first started. Yeah, right? right. So the driver's like, "Man, something's going wrong with the truck." I said, "I don't know what's going on with the truck." <laughs> you know, it was the dev system. You right. know, not not knowing um, even what that was. What it you know. So just. A lot happened, right? But in trucking, that's what it is, man. You can't you can't just jump in in the first year or two and think you're gonna master it. You know, mm. again, um, I think my arrogance of running businesses successfully before trucking, right. I said oh, you could just run any business; it's gonna be easy. Now trucking, you can run it, but it wasn't as easy as my medical firms. Gotcha. Those are kind of easy. Those are kind of plug and go. You know, sit back, let them do um, their job, and it wasn't too many variables. But with trucking, 
I think the number one thing is your contract. And as you evolve, your contract should evolve. Mm. You know, take the time to make sure, you know, every six months, once you go through one thing, one time for the first time, put it in your contract. Right. Hold everybody accountable because that's that's like the number one thing in trucking, holding your drivers accountable, holding your brokers accountable, your dispatchers accountable, holding yourself accountable, um, understanding the difference in insurances, um, what 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 needs to go in your insurance contract. Just really, really watching everything closely. But it starts and ends with with me, at least, is the contracts. Mm. Those contracts are extremely vital and holding everybody to every word in that contract, including yourself, including, you know, what you say you're going to provide, you need to make sure you provide it, right? Got so, you. Do you advise somebody get an attorney to write those contracts up? Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> why mine's at 16 pages now. <laughs> you know, you got to spend money. You yeah, got to spend money yeah. in this business. Again, I, I freestyled my first contract and it was so easy to type up and just here, sign this. But again, as you as you evolve, you you add to your contract. Um, definitely get you a good lawyer or two, um, you know, as you get to... You know, your fifth, sixth truck, tenth truck, that's when you need to start hiring a lawyer to watch the lawyer. You have to pay. You know, this isn't a business that you can just think you're going to make, you know, two, two twenty five, two fifty a truck a year gross and not have to spend. You got to You got to You got to make sure your truck is, is, is definitely maintained. Make sure you're paying your, your accountants. Make sure you're paying your lawyers um, so that they can watch over those things. Don't get so arrogant in this business to think that you could do it all on your own. Mm. It's not something you gotta you gotta build that team and you gotta trust your team. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Got you. All right. So we 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 get to twelve trucks and then you said you start getting into the semi trucks, right? Is that yeah. how it you said you scaled back? Yep. Yeah. So you scaled back to what? Um eight. You had the eight trucks. Yep. And then you started transitioning into the semi-trucks. So tell yep. me a little bit about that. First of all, why and what did you do with those box trucks? And then how did we get into semis? Well, um, okay, so sold the box trucks. Okay, um, sold them all. Sold them all. Just straight up. Sold every single box truck I had. Okay. And and I did the, the math, right? So I says, well, again, for every three to four box trucks, what you would earn, what you would, what you would gross in that is about one semi, especially okay. if you got like a reefer trailer, because those are obviously going to pull higher loads, higher paying loads. So um, then first I had to figure out the difference in the loads, right? Obviously, boxing and, and, re, and um, you know, 53 foots is a, is a different ball game. The, diff, the different type of freight, you know, flatbeds. I wasn't running flatbeds. Right. Um, had to learn the different permits that you needed for oversized loads. Um, so instead of just jumping out there and buying a lot of semis, I bought a couple, and then I started dispatching for a lot of people. Okay. So um, and, and it, it made sense because I was dispatching for flatbeds, drives, and reefers, but I didn't own flatbeds, drives, and reefers. So right? you learned all equipment types. I had to. Okay. I had to um, because we couldn't turn any money down. So if you came to me and said, hey, I got four flatbeds, can you run them? I'm going to say yes. Mm. And in that meantime, I'm getting right on Google. Right. And I'm going to ask every question I can ask with anybody like you who has more experience than me. Yeah. Um, that's one thing about me. I know how to shut up and listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that's that's interesting. So in, in learning those equipment types, was it difficult? Because a lot of times people focus on niches, like people specialize in dry and reefer right. or they'll right. do heavy haul or they'll, you know what I mean? Right. They'll do hot shots. And kind of going all across the board, was it difficult putting your eggs in all those different baskets and dispatching people for, for different equipment types? You know what? It, it, it wasn't. It was just work. Okay. You know, like to me, I don't think anything is difficult. You just have to be able to put the work in. Okay. Right? So hence, I always tell the joke about, you know, five in the morning, I'm up. If it's a birthday, if I'm on vacation, if I'm on my off day, I work. Right, <laughs> That's why right, I'm here on right, a Sunday. Right. right? So um, I'm one of those people that I'm going to work. Mm. You know, I'm going to bet on me a thousand times. Gotcha. And I, and I think that's why this is becoming a little bit somewhat successful is because people understand what they get. When they're dealing with me, they understand that it's going to be a short thing. Transparent, going to work hard. I work too much probably. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. It was just work. I knew I had my work cut out for me. I right. knew I had to make sure that I knew exactly what I was doing when you're dealing with somebody else's investment. You got to make sure that, you know, what you say you can do, you can do it. Time yeah. You ever listen to Truck and Hustle and say to yourself, yo, Ramel, you ask good questions, but damn, you forgot to ask that one question, that one question that was weighing on your mind that you thought I was going to get to, but I ain't get to it. Well, check it out. Now's your opportunity. After the show, every single Tuesday, we're going to be doing live Q&As with our guests, right? Because a lot of times people tell me like, yo, you should have asked him this, you should have asked him that. So let's kill all that, man. Join us. Every Tuesday night, we're going to go live with our guests. 
doing our private webinars for our Patreon community with our guests. You can ask all the questions you want. And guess what? I'm going to dig even deeper. I'm going to go even deeper into their businesses. I'm going to ask some stuff that maybe I ain't had the courage to ask on the show because I ain't want to put it out there for everybody. On top of that, we're going to be doing monthly mentorships, helping y'all build y'all businesses from A to Z, man. We're going to be talking everything from mindset to money management, accounting, legal, uh, compliance, picking your niche, identifying your niche, customers, negotiation, man, you name it, man. We're going to get into it. We're going to go deep. So join us in our Patreon community, www.patreon.com slash truck and hustle. There's three different tiers. If I was you, I'd sign up for that elite membership. It's going to give you access to our Facebook community, behind the scenes content, discounts on merch, live events. Uh, man, what else? It's going to be crazy, man. Listen, we building the dopest community in trucking, y'all. You know how truck and hustle get down and how we give it up. So check us out. Patreon.com slash Truck and Hustle. Join us, rock with us, and come get some of this work. And oh yeah, make sure you go right now and register for our free live webinar featuring our special guests. Uh, the links are in the show notes and also all of our social channels. Make sure y'all lock in with us every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We rocking out, baby. Truck and Hustle overtime. All right, y'all. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> So, what, what does that dispatch operation look like as you get started? So um, you start dispatching all these equipment types. How do you how do you recruit carriers? Tell me a little bit about that. How you grow that that um, dispatch? So dispatching was it wasn't that difficult to grow it. Um, dispatching isn't hard at all, actually. I mean, it's really not hard. It's it's, it's really simple. Um, but it's again, it's work. You have to know what states to go in, what states to stay away from. Um, building the carriers is is going back to my box truck days. Is um, always providing like white glove service. Right. Making sure that we call the broker before they call us. You know, I always say, you know, head off any issue. Don't don't be the person who answers the phone and have to have to come up with an idea of how to fix something. I already have it fixed. Right. <laughs> right. right, so right. Don't come to me with a problem. Have a solution. <laughs> right. Facts. That's, that's the one thing I always you know, make sure my, my dispatchers know is that um, always know what that solution is going to be. Don't just wait for a, a customer or a broker to call you with it, with whatever issue you're dealing with. Mm. You know, head it off. Um Again, pay attention to the details. The devil is always in the details. You're going to do the same loads over and over again. So if you know that your reefer truck needs a washout, get it washed out before the broker tells you to. Right, right. I already had that off. Get that in the driver's mind. Communicate. Um, that's like the number one thing in trucking um, is, you you know, you constantly got to communicate in trucking. Um, phone call rings, phone rings, pick it up. Right. Have a solution in mind. Um, we live by that by that, that, that one code. No such thing as problems, only solutions. Right? Mm. So- we don't we don't believe in any type of problem. We've dealt with everything. Reefer breakdown in the middle of a low, in the middle of Texas, in hundred degree weather. You should know where the reefer service shop is. Right. Right. Always have your driver checking the reefers. Just the little the little um the little pre trip things that, that go hand in hand with trucking, make sure it's done every day. Yeah. There's a reason why it's why it's there. You know, you should have For caught sure. that reefer issue before we got loaded. So if you check them codes problem, and all that, codes, yeah, you know, it, you know, if you deal one problem one time, it should never be a problem the second time. Yeah. Did, so did you, you built a dispatch team? It was, wasn't no. just you, right? So yeah, how many no. people were on your team? Uh, we got up to when we were mainly dispatching, as opposed to really our own trucks, uh, five dispatchers. Okay. To me, every dispatcher should be able to handle four to five trucks. Okay. You know, you get your really good dispatcher that's on it. They can, they could probably handle six, seven semis. And, and how'd you find those people to work with you? Um, most people already worked for me. Oh, they were the people from the medical. Right, right, you did right, say right. that. They you did work for me. Okay, so, um, for like seven years. So we had already, you know, established had a relationship there. Yeah, so I knew they could take it on, and they learned it quick too. Okay, so we were able to transition, uh, pretty much from the medical firm, um, to focusing on trucks. We still had a medical firm. Okay, this day, but um, we just don't put so much of an emphasis on it. Okay, you know. Um, I just love trucking. There's so many facets to trucking. How how many trucks were you guys dispatching at your peak? About twenty five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. So about like you said, five five for each person. Mm-hmm. About twenty five yeah. trucks. Yeah. And you said that's all across different equipment types. Yeah. What what was your, the main equipment types that you reefer guys focused units. on? Reefer Reefers. Units. I love it. I yeah. love reefer units. I mean, Why? Dry, well, because it pays more. And then you can run your reefer unit as a dry, you know, if need be. Um, but it pays more. And then we we have um we got some solid brokers that we've dealt with for the last five, six years, mainly coming out of Texas, all reefer load. So 
even with owner operators, you know, they ask, well, what type of trailer should I purchase? Reefer. Because we already have the loads for it. And we know mm. what they're going to do. That's why we can guarantee certain amount of money on those trucks, you know, granted a breakdown or something. Um, because we, we already know what that lane is going to do. We know how long it's going to take to get there. We're cool with the shippers and receivers because we've been there so many times. So we always tell people, focus on reefer units. What are some of the downsides of dispatching reefer units? Um, the downsides of dispatching reefer units would be the time. The time to get loaded, the time to get empty. But again, because we deal with the same shippers and receivers, we kind of get first pick when we get there. Okay. Um, so again, we, we alleviate any of the problems and come up with a solution. Keep the same brokers in your back pocket. Do the same load. You don't have to wait five, six hours to get loaded. Um, and again, because we pay our, our drivers all on the salary, they don't have to sit there and worry about how long to get loaded. You know, that that stress, we alleviate that stress early on. Um, so so it's not really a lot of downsides. Really. So you said you pay your driver's salary? Yeah. Now these are your drivers? or yeah, Our drivers, but any, any over... So most of the owner-operators that come to us, again, remember I said it's like an investment. Okay. They don't really want to take the time to learn trucking the way that you and I may know it. Okay. Or some of your other, um, some, some of your other, uh, you know, interviews. Guests. You interview yep. your guests. Um, so they just really want to invest. So they'll ask, hey, what type of trailer should I purchase? I'm always going to say reefer um, for that exact reason. So... Oh, most people are tapping into the reefers that we deal with. Okay, so these are these are investors, and you guys are running their trucks for them. Exactly. So, so that's so the dispatch basically turned into into that. Right. So you 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 have investors that want to buy trucks, but they don't want to really get into it. They they don't want to have to operate right. every day. Right. So you operate the trucks for them. Right. Exactly. And and I got a lot of them from like I, I said, I went to Howard. So a lot of people I went to Howard with, they're pretty affluent. And they're doing pretty well, mm-hmm. and, but they just don't have the time. Like a few doctors that I deal with that bought some trucks with us, you know, they're not going to quit being a doctor to, to tap into trucking. So they just they just invest. Right. Um, and then we just run it from start to finish. Do they understand, like, do they have, like, tr- problems understand, like, the ebbs and flows of trucking? Like, oh, man. Do they complain at times? You, like, you tell, know, me, tell me you know, about that. Do they complain? Don't do that. <laughs> So, not making enough money. So, Where's my right, thousand right, dollars right, a week? Right. Where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, so so the way we do it because we're so transparent. So typically, what I'll do is I'll have um, myself. I'm in every text message, so I'll, I'll do a group chat. It'll be the dispatcher, the owner, the driver, and myself. I'm in every group chat, um, and so they have the opportunity to see exactly what's going on. And once that phone is chiming at two thirty in the morning, at, at eight in the morning, at six in the they understand that this is a 24-hour thing. It doesn't, it doesn't shut down. Right. They typically, when they read it, they 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 understand it. They don't ask too many questions. Um, and they, I think they also realize how much hard work goes into it. Yeah. It really scares them away from wanting to learn the business, <laughs> right? Right. So, but yeah, um, we, we make sure they understand if the truck breaks down, oil change, the driver late for a low, anything that, that goes against them just picking on time, dropping on time. It's all in that group chat. So, again, just being as transparent as possible, letting them see the Raycons, understanding the Raycons. Um, then you get some people that you got to educate them. They want to learn. And so we just take the time to, to teach them. Now, in terms of like maintenance on the trucks, PM, stuff like that, who, are, are you taking care of that for them as well? Or are they just like paying you for that? Like, hey, give me, send me the invoice. Right. A lot, a lot, some of them are different. Some are more um, Some are more in tune to what's going on. Um, and sometimes, you know, if it's two or three in the morning and I know that the truck broke down, I'm just going to take care of it. Okay. Um, we'll get roadside out there if we can't get it to a shop, a loves. Or we'll just take care of it and just send them an invoice in the morning. Okay. okay. Or we'll just take it out of the pay slip every Friday. Okay. So Got yeah, so you, you get you get some that's 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 a little more tapped in. Right. And, you know, a little more hands on, which I love it because they, they mean they learn it faster. Right. Yeah, so. and, and and you've also during this time grown your own fleet as well, right? Right. Right. Okay, so tell me about that. Uh um it's grown my own fleet is it's not that difficult. You know, you get some times where you're like, Okay, I don't even want to buy no more truck. I just want to focus on um, you know, the owner operators joining our team and, and kind of educating them on what we got going on. Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that's that's all I focus on. I don't really focus on my own trucks a lot. Um, and, and another reason is because, like we were saying before, you know, giving people the opportunity to see life differently, you know, take their time and do things differently. You got mm. people that, um, like my daughter, I always brag, she's probably read about <laughs> at least 300 books, right? She's a smart wow. kid, 10 years old. And I wish I had the time to sit there and read. Right. right. So a lot of people, you know, they, they need their time back to travel, to invest in other things, to spend time with the children. So it, it's always cool to, to see someone and, you know, once you help them get their first truck, see them get to their fourth truck. Or they get their first truck and they just tell you, you know, hey, man, I appreciate it. Like, you've actually gave me some of my time back. I was able to quit that part-time job um, or retire early. 
yeah. or go fishing for the first time in years. Like it's, it's always something that people um, miss and don't realize how much they miss it until they get the time to do it. Right. So, you know, a lot of people say, why don't you just go buy 20, 30 trucks? Because you don't give somebody else the opportunity to do exactly what I'm able to do. Mm, right? Got you. What type of returns are your investors seeing? Uh, pretty good. So some are about 2,500 a week. Okay. Um, so, um, on the low end, about fifteen, sixteen hundred. Just depends on how they truck run. Okay. Um, some some people run their drivers local. Some do it over the road. So it just it just depends on how they want their truck ran. Um, and then some people just invest and say run it how you would normally run your truck. Mm. Um, so it just depends. Um, it, just, it just you know really depends on the type of truck, the fuel, how much fuel they have to spend. It's again, there's so many variables. You know, if a truck breaks down, obviously it's gonna it's gonna affect your gross and your net for that week. Um, if they keep a driver in the truck, sometimes you know how it is with trucking. Right. Um, you may have a good driver, the perfect driver, work for you for two years straight, and all of a sudden he just don't come to work. <laughs> it happens, right? So yeah. Um, so I guess I guess the you know the the ROIs they they change. You know the ROIs definitely change, um, depending on the truck. Yeah. What What are some of the trends that you're seeing in trucking now? Um, that you kind of speak to that like for somebody who wants to kind of get into the industry now. Um, like what, what do you think is a good time to get into the industry? Like what, what's your opinion on that? Um, I do. I know, I know last year the trucks, they didn't cost as much. Um, you know, the economy changed. So obviously trucks are, are a little bit more expensive now. Um, I think one of the greatest trends that I'm seeing is, um, and we can't speak enough on it is, you know, people who look just like us, African-American women that are getting into trucking. Yeah. Um, you know, people of color, women, women of color. I think that's like the greatest trend that I'm seeing. And they're able to do other things in trucking um, that, you know, that some men just aren't, you know, being able to keep drivers, being able to um, expose to other women so that they can get in the truck. And I think that's kind of the dopest part of trucking right now. It's just seeing mm, like seeing young diversity. Yeah. Just seeing young women out there pushing it, pushing the envelope. Sometimes I may see one on my page and say, man, I got to go harder now. <laughs> they're making me work. Yeah, they're yeah. making me work. So I love seeing that. Um, I love seeing I love seeing young women. Step in the trucking, um, buy their trucks, get their CDLs, run their companies. Um, it's it's a it's a blessing to see that. What do you think people are having the most? What was challenging most most new investors and most new uh, trucking company owners these days? Patience. You got to have patience. When I jumped out there, I mean, I've changed things so many times. I've taken so many losses, um, but I've grown from those losses, right? So I think I think the the the, the thing people have to understand in trucking. It's it's an it's a business, right? And any business that you open, you pretty you're not gonna see much of your return until the first two three years, and that's if you put that work in, right? Right. So I think um, I think the biggest the biggest hurdle is just having patience and understanding that this is a very very intricate business, right? Right. And um, just paying attention to the details, like I always say, it's 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 not to jump in and just because you see the lifestyle of someone else, you have to know what they went through. <laughs> like I said, you got twenty years, in, <laughs> yeah, longer than me, yeah. And so I know you have some stories you can tell and some things that you can teach me, yeah. And, uh, you know, and they just got to be willing to learn. Mm. What 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 what's your ultimate goal in terms of where you're pushing um, your company? Um, but what, what what do you see like next two to three years? Like where where you headed? It's constant growth. You know, like really, I, I like seriously, I think, um, you know, in any business, you have to find your purpose. Right. And I found my purpose. It took me a long time to figure it out through all the businesses. And as old as I'm getting, um, I found my purpose. And it's really it's really to, to think outside of myself. Right. To take someone again and, and allow them to get their time back. Um, we deal with a lot of people who are released from prison and there's programs in prison that allow um, people to get their CDLs while in prison. And you know, to um, at Howard, I did a I did a dissertation on um, the the rate of recidivism and how to decrease that rate of recidivism, um, not just from educational purposes, uh, from a standpoint of education, but um, to allow people to to, to gain um, employment. Mm. You know, giving them um, an opportunity to to not go back, right? So um, I think you know, prison reform definitely is something that we focus on. A lot of my drivers now they did some time, right? And we can't hold them accountable for that, you know, forever. So giving them an opportunity to get in these trucks, drive, and then learn the business side of it. I think that's like the, one of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, blessings that we have so far with Keep Truck and Transportation is that, you know, we we, we take them and, you know, we always say, well, what do you, same question, where, where do you see yourself in two years? Yeah. Uh, everybody say, I want to get my own truck. Yeah. All right, so let's work on it. So what I do now, I'll give them little homework assignments, mm. right? Well, listen, you got two weeks. 
I may say, hey, look up this truck, look up this type of truck, learn this truck, and they'll start sending me text messages, even ones that don't work for me. Hey, man, I went on this website and I checked it out. Then I see something that's serious. I put my focus into them. Um, and, and I think, you know, for the most part, I spend my day on the phone. I spend my day on the phone all day talking to people. You right. ask a question, you hit me on my Instagram, um, I'm going to answer it. Right. I got people 16 years old saying, hey, um, I want to get into trucking. And I say, you're a little young, but this is, <laughs> but this is what you got to start working on. Right, you know? right, right. Um, that's 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 the goal is to help as many people as we can and do it do it from a genuine place because yeah. that's my purpose. Got you. Yeah. So so that dissertation. What was the thesis like? What what was the actual dissertation that you? That you so did? so um again shameless plug Howard University shout out H U H U H U. So um but, but basically it just focused on the why like why is prison reform not at the forefront, right? Uh, from a political standpoint, why is that not being pushed? Um, what can we do to change the rate of recidivism, especially amongst our African-American communities? Mm. Like, where does it start? So I coupled that with um, an organization I started. I love to do charity work. I, I, that's Again, that's my calling. Um, called A Few Good Men, but I was at Howard. Okay. And so I figured if we could, um, if we can look at the root of the problem, which is pretty much our communities, we have to hold each other accountable. Um, and what we would do is we would go to the schools and most schools were predominantly black. And obviously I went to a HBCU. So yep. we would go, it would take like 10 of us. We would go and stand in front of the class and we would just talk about life. Right. And I'm, you know, urban. So I dress urban. Right. So, so I would always ask the same question. I would say, um, what is it that you think all of us up here have in common? And based on their responses, this is Washington, D.C., so it's southeast. We, we in the hood. Yeah. And most kids will raise their hand and they will say that we were all in the gang or mm. we all have been to prison together. Right. But none of them thought that we had all went to Howard University together. Oh, So wow. from there, we broke the ice and we would just talk to the kids, um, mostly like the young black boys, and just show them that, you know, college is cool. I spent my greatest years in college. I learned my greatest life lessons in college. Um you know, Howard ratio was like 12 to, 12 to 4, 12 to 5. So, you know, I have fun at Howard. But I would explain to them, you know, um, the different nuances in life and how you need to make the right decisions now before you get older. Yeah. And you, you find kids that you touch, you know, later on down down the road, you'll, you'll have a child. You may be out somewhere. They're a little older, you know, and they'll be like, I remember you came to my school. And then you ask how they doing. Some was doing great, some wasn't. But at least we attempted to lower that rate of recidivism by starting at that level. You know, people who are 10 years old, 12 years old. Um, that's why my daughter and I, we, we we kick it the way we kick it. I make sure that she's going to make all the right decisions, um, even when I'm not around. Yeah. Right? So where I see myself in a couple of years is just constantly pushing that envelope, helping when I can, you know, even when it costs you. You know, that's that's that we're blessed. We all are blessed. We're here. So um, some blessed financially. Take those take those financial blessings and make sure you give back. You know, so. Got you. Do, do you do like consultations and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, I do free consultations. Free consultations. Yeah. yeah. Why free? Because this is your time we're talking about. It is, right? Um, Because I have the time. That's exactly why it's free. <laughs> because I have the time. Because I put the work in early so that I can have the time now in order to help somebody else. And, you know, it's not always about getting paid. And I, I just don't knock the people who do get paid. I understand. Some some people just, they want that money. But, <laughs> but just, just through the years, like, I've been blessed to where I can, I have this time now, so I must use it. And I, my, my thing is, you know, my greatest blessing is the ability to bless others, right? So when God bless you and you get an abundance of certain things, if you don't use it correctly, he's going to take it from you anyways. Mm. So I always tell people, you know, bless people when you can. Um, I give free consultations because, one, I know a lot of people may not be in a position to afford to pay for a consultation. But that doesn't mean that their heart isn't in the right place and they really want to get this business off the ground. So if we, you, I have time um, to do these things, then, you know, that's that's what we're blessed with. And, and again, trucking is there's so many streams of income in trucking. We don't just tap into dispatching. We rent trailers. We buy trailers, rent trailers. Uh, we advertise on our trailers. Um, we don't do we don't get paid for consultations because of those other other gifts that we've, we've been able to receive. And again, like I said before, when you give people these free consultations and you see them get their first truck and their second truck, that's payment enough. Right. That's payment enough. Right. So. What, what are some of the, the frequently asked questions that you, you get in, when people are in your DMs and 
what, how what? much does it cost to start? <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah. I get that all the time. How much, well, how, much, how much does it cost to get started? Um, and what do you tell them? Um, 50000 at least. Okay. Um, a little bit less before, you know, when the trucks weren't as expensive. But um, I tell them, you know, at least 50000 you need to get a truck and a trailer. We don't want to power only that truck forever. Right. You, know, the, the, you want to make as much money as you can. So um, it makes sense to, you know, it's advantageous to get a trailer. So I tell them 50000 get you a truck, maybe a used trailer, um, all your federal filings. Um, but just don't let that be your complete budget because you're going to go over it. Right. Um, but I tell people that. And then from based on the response, some people, you never hear from them again. And some people, they're willing to invest that in themselves or, you know, find a way. And that's just if you want to pay cash for your truck. Now, it's... Cheaper if you want to finance your truck, but you know that's a that's another option. But most people, um, most people that I know, they're just paying cash for their truck. Right, right. And you said you also sell and, and rent trailers as well. Yep. How did yep. you get into that? Um, well, simple. December hit. Everybody was buying trucks and trailers. The pandemic hit prior to, and a lot of larger companies weren't selling and renting their trailers anymore. So what I started doing was just finding trailers that wasn't that expensive, maybe fifteen thousand, twenty thousand at the most. Where'd you find them? Um, just different different sites, different websites, um, different people that I've done business with that selling their trailers. They may want to get out to business, um, and then you know it's, it's hard to find trailers to rent. But so what I did was I just started buying trailers instead of buying a truck all the time. I said let me just buy four or five trailers and just rent those out, and you get a decent residual. I mean you know it's, everything is not going to be a home run, but you know you'll make about fourteen, thirteen to fourteen hundred per trailer per month. Got Which you. Is another stream of income. Got you. What was it? Uh, difficult dealing with like carriers when you have to rent them your trailers. Like, is there anything you have to put in place for that? Or how, contracts, how does that work? contracts, <laughs> more, contracts, more, right? More <laughs> right, contracts. right, 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 right. Fool me once, but you're not gonna fool me twice. So right. More contracts. Um, just make sure that your contract is airtight. Um, you know, we cover certain things on our trailers, uh, certain things that the you know the customer has to cover. Um, but most people who we rent trailers to, they're already on our fleet. Okay. Right. So. Okay. Um, or they're, you know, we're, we're running them, we're helping them, you know, find low. So we tell them, hey, you're probably going to need to rent a trailer right. so, or buy one. And, you know, once they spent um, a lot of their funding, they're like, man, I don't have money for a trailer. Right. Right. So, or I just don't, they just don't want to invest it up front. And they think they're going to do power only all the time. Right. Not, you know, again, your return on your investment is going to decrease if you think you're going to sit there and do power only forever. You got to get your trailer. Uh, so you increase your profits. So some people will just rent, rent too. Got you. So you're you're pretty much providing a one stop shop where yep. an investor can pretty much buy a truck. They can relinquish the operations to yourself, and you could even provide the trailer for them. Pretty much take care of the dispatch, and exactly. they could just get like a residual exactly income every week. Exactly. We deal with all the headache, and it's a lot. Of, <laughs> it's, a lot it's a lot of headache. I swear it is. It's a lot of headache, but again, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, right. yeah. Do you, do you do you enjoy what you do? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. Um, one of my best friends, he, you know, got him a truck. Fits, um, good dude, one good dude, and um, he's making that transition to what he, you know, what he was doing for a living to, you know, getting his free time back. And he's always just being grateful, and you know, he's always been grateful. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, when you see people smile, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is, you know. And to see even him, and see him spend all this time with his kid now, when before he had to work so much. So yeah, I definitely love what I do. I love the outcome of it. Got you, got you. What what do you do um, in terms of like safety compliance? Because I know we we talk a lot about making the money, but right. you know, safety and compliance is kind of like the real heartbeat of your trucking company. Like, right. what what are you what are you doing in terms of that to make sure these companies are running safe and right. you know? Well, we have a compliance team that we hired actually. Um, outsource. And yeah, we outsource it. We outsource, and then you know, we always make sure that they're pre tripping and post tripping. Like every single time, um, you know, we'll have them send videos, um, you know, we'll do a walk around, send me a video of the truck. We don't do it every day, but, you know, at least three times a week they have to send us videos of the truck, making sure they're, they're being compliant. Um, and then, you know, we do we do stuff sometimes that most companies probably wouldn't recommend, but we'll send them to a DOT way station. Send them to a way station. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like pop quiz. Go to that way station. <laughs> you know? Hey, where are you listening? You're 10 miles from a way station. I need you to pull into that way station. Mm. Let, let them do an inspection on your truck. Oh wow! Right, I know, right? <laughs> um, and you know, once you do that once or twice, they understand that yeah, we got to make sure we take this, um, you know, these DOT inspections serious because they're running under our fleet. I know right. what my trucks are going to do, um, but you know, as far as running an owner operator, we got to make sure that we hold them, um, you know, again accountable to make sure their equipment isn't faulty. So we'll just run them through a way station, and, and you know, nine times out of ten, they have a good they have a good inspection, which boosts our score anyway. So, right. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly what we do. 
That's, that waste that's an interesting approach. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> you it sending is. them into the fire. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, man. Is. I can't just believe that you put it in the shop and like you said you would. I got to make sure that it's done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we do our trucks the same way. Our drivers the same way. Gotcha. Do, do you, are you, most of the equipment they use like new, new trucks or? Um, it depends. It depends on their budget. Okay. So, you know, if you have a $50,000 budget, you're not going to get a new truck. Right. So most likely it'll be like a 16 or 17 Freightliner or a KW. Okay. Uh, five, 600,000 miles. I mean, it's decent. It'll run. Yeah. It'll, it'll do the job. Um, you know, most trucks, as you know, brand new, $120,000, oh, yeah. dollars that's, sure. that's a big difference in investment. Um, so yeah, we don't, I mean, newer as far as that, uh, 16, 17s, my trucks may be a little bit newer. I've been in a little bit longer. I can invest a little differently. Um, but yeah, so we don't, you know, to expect somebody to invest, you know, $100,000 for a truck, you know, for the first time investing. Some people haven't owned the business or invested in their entire lives. So, you know, um, so I think 50000 is a good number to stick around. Got you. Do you guys hire the drivers as well? Yeah. yeah okay. We hire the drivers. Um, and I always tell the owner operators, you know, you got to make sure you keep your driver in your truck. But we do we do go out there and hire. Again, we post on Indeed a lot. Yeah. Um, and then just even on like TikTok, on my Instagram. They'll see, like, you know, if you purchase a truck, I'll take a video, pull it up there so people can actually see what we do. And then usually we'll get drivers that tap in that way. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, so social using media. social media. We use social media um, to do a lot of hiring, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dope. All right, man. We've been rocking for a minute. Um, you know, we always like to close out the show with our final thought. And then we like to make sure we let the guests, let everybody know where they can connect with you directly, learn more about Keep Trucking. So let's get into it. Let's start with our final thought. That's basically the last thing you want to leave our audience with, whether it's spiritual, financial, whatever comes to your mind and let everybody know where they can connect with you. Um, well, connect Maddie Daddy Time. That's on that's on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, KeepTruckingTransportation.com. That's the uh, email. That's the I'm sorry. That's the web page. Um, I guess my final thought is like find your purpose, right? So whenever you whenever you're dealing with any type of business, find your purpose. You know what what is your purpose? What is your goal? You know what's the end game? And um, just don't let it be financial. You know don't 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 focus on business and say I want to open this business just to get paid. You have to have a purpose behind it, and that's what's gonna drive you. Mm. Yeah, that's what's gonna drive you. Hence, Maddie Daddy time. My daughter's always been my purpose. I keep her with me wherever I go. <laughs> She's right <laughs> over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no we don't, no we don't make a move without each other. And um and that's always been my purpose. So hence Maddie Daddy Time. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Uh keep truckingtransportation.com. That's the webpage. Um and even on there I speak about her. I can't speak about anything with anybody unless I mention my, my daughter. So um that's my purpose. I love that as a, a girl dad myself. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for that, yes, my brother. Sir. Yes, sir. Listen, Hustle Fam, Mike Nelms, keep trucking transportation. You know what we do about this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire, and we are out. I love it.